This reading comes to us from John chapter 2, verses 1 through 11. The wedding at Cana. On the third day there was a wedding in Cana of Galilee, and the mother of Jesus was there. Jesus and his disciples had also been invited to the wedding. When wine gave out, the mother of Jesus said to him, They have no wine. And Jesus said to her, Woman, what concern is that to you and to me? My hour has not yet come. His mother said to the servants, Do whatever he tells you. Now standing there was a six stone water jars for the Jewish rites of purification, each holding 20 or 30 gallons. Jesus said to them, Fill the jars with water. And they filled them to the brim. He said to them, Now draw some out and take it to the chief steward. They took it. When the steward tasted the water that had become wine, he did not know where it came from, though the servants who had drawn water knew. The steward called the bridegroom and said to him, Everyone serves the good wine first. Then we give the inferior wine after to the guests who have become drunk. But you have kept the good wine until now. Jesus did this, the first of his signs in Cana of Galilee, and revealed his glory, and the, and the disciples believed in him. This is the word of God for the peaceful of God. Thanks be to God. Thank you, God, for food and prayer. Thank you, God, for the time we share. Amen. So I have to tell you that I'm a little frustrated with this text. I just love it. And there are so many different ways we could go with it, so many different messages that I believe God speaks to us through this passage. But I will start with simply the one part that I love the most is that Jesus' mother comes to him at the beginning of chapter 2 and tells him what to do. I love that. She comes to him and tells him what to do, what's going on, here's what you do, and I love Jesus' response Mind your own business, mama. And can I get an amen from the parents of teenagers? Mary tells him what's going on and what it is they need to do or he needs to do. And she says, he says, mind your own business. But then I like this too. He goes ahead and does what mama said to do. So there's just this beautiful story. And we move on from there to consider all the different things that, that happen in the text. Jesus then goes on to turn the water into wine so that Mary doesn't have to be concerned about the host being embarrassed. He takes the wine, an abundance of wine, we can estimate 150 to 180 gallons, and he performs this very first miracle in the Gospel of John. And it's so fitting to have this right at the very beginning because in this one miracle, in this one story, Jesus sets the stage for all that is to come in his ministry. And we'll unpack that a little bit more. But I'm going to get one other thing out of the way before I go any further. Now, this is the text that Methodists love to remind the Baptist of. Well, Jesus drank wine, right? We, we love to tell our Baptist friends that. At least some of us do. Perhaps the rest of us like to say, well, Jesus turned water into wine and the Methodists turned it into grape juice. I had to get that one out of the way, right? I just couldn't leave that one alone. But here we are, right? Jesus has turned water into wine, and what does that mean for us? How does that affect our lives today? Well, quite simply, this is a story of God's generosity. 
It's not a story about preventing the, the host's embarrassment or a story about listening to his mama or any of that. It's quite simply a story that reveals to us how generous our God is. It's a story about transformation, of course, water to wine, and abundance, more gallons than they could even count. And so we'll begin to, to look at this passage with that in mind. Now, last week, Kyle mentioned that the invited guests did not show up at the banquet table. Well, that's not the problem here. The problem here, perhaps, is that too many people showed up. They, they ran out of wine. And as I said, Mary goes to Jesus, and she tells him what is going on, and, and he acts accordingly. So we get that part. We get that Jesus has listened to his mama, that Jesus has transformed this water into wine, the transformation and into abundance more than they could ever imagine. And then enters the sommelier. Now, I was at least 40 years old before I knew what a sommelier was. I'm from Georgia, remember? I had to look it up and to understand, I had to ask my daughter, who's had one year of French, how to say it. The sommelier enters the story, and for our purposes today, he is incredibly important. The chief steward, as the scripture says, as the text says, the chief steward who receives the wine from the servants, the transformed wine, and takes it to the host of the party and says, why on earth are you serving the good stuff last? Who does that? Nobody's going to be able to appreciate it. If they've already drunk the stuff that didn't taste as good, then how can they now appreciate the really good stuff? No host does that. Now, he's a sommelier, the wine expert. If you get asked on Jeopardy what, you know, the question, you'll know the, or the answer. You'll have the question, what is a sommelier, a wine expert? He knows it's the good stuff that has come last, and he has to question that. What is going on? What does it mean that not only there has been transformation? What does it mean that not only there has been abundance? What does it mean that when God gets involved, the best happens? And so we begin to unpack it, seeing in ourselves a little bit of that sommelier, a little bit of the fact that we are the go-between between what is happening in the world and how it is that God chooses to act within it and speak back to it. What does God choose to do with this world of ours and how is it that we get to be part of telling that story? I mean, we are the experts, right? For heaven's sake, we're worshiping online on a Sunday morning. We've been there and done that. We understand that ours is a God of transformation and abundance and generosity. We get that. And yet, like the sommelier, we have a role to play in sharing that message with those around us. Again, we are the go-between. We are those agents that receive what God has done, not only for the world, but for us as well. Take it to others and share that good news. So that's what we're going to do for a few minutes together today. That's how we are going to act as the sommelier. We take what Christ has done and offer it to the world. We answer what the world says with the words of the gospel. For we live in a world that does not claim the abundance of God, does not live into the generosity of God. Quite the contrary. Our world says if you give an inch, they'll take a mile. Our world says that if, if there's not always enough to go around, so you better protect what's yours. 
Our world says things like, if you make room for somebody else, you might not get your share. And the people of God, the Samanyes, the experts, those who bear witness and offer testimony to that message, say absolutely not. Absolutely not. That is not the world as God has intended it. In fact, God expects us, the Salmonyes, the servants, the Marys, all the players in this, in this story, to be part of transforming the world just as Christ has transformed that water into wine. That's what it's about. The miracle doesn't stop at that wedding banquet. The miracle isn't over at John chapter 2, verse 11. The miracle continues when the people of God, servants, sommeliers, Marys, whoever we are in the story, the miracle continues when we get involved and when we understand ourselves as those who are transformed so that we may tell the story of what God wants to do for others. The miracle continues when we engage and understand our role when we get up from this table of abundance, this table of transformation, and go and do likewise. Christ does the transforming. We tell the story. We get to be part of doing as Christ did, our part then also to be agents of change in this world around us. That's what the message is for this story this morning and how it is that I, I think we are called to carry it out. The miracle of our continued involvement in abundance and generosity and transformation. One of the other things that was challenging for me this week as I was considering this text, this text that's filled with so much for us, the sommeliers, the believers, the experts. What, one of the things that was so challenging was the fact that my daughter Laura and I had joined the brigades from Harrison Church to be part of the feeding ministry for students at Sterling Elementary. And so it was a challenge, right? Do you hear where I'm going? It was a challenge to try to consider what it means for there to be children in our community, really just down the road, who are hungry in a world in which God intends abundance. Can we say that and mean it? Can we say that and believe it? Not unless we're willing to be involved in it transformed ourselves so that we may be those agents of change. I found it interesting that as the conversations have gone both in our own city and, and across the line in South Carolina and our country about should school return or not, and I'm not going to debate that one with you, but, but when they talk about should school return or not, one of the things that gets brought up time and time again is that school for some children in our country is more than just education. It's also a safety net for children. It also means that children get fed when perhaps otherwise they wouldn't. What do believers do with that? Now hear me, I, I'm, not, I'm not criticizing that. I'm so grateful that there is a safety net. I'm so grateful that there are, are means for children to be fed. Absolutely. I'm so grateful that Harrison Church is a part of it. 
not only with the feeding, but with provision of supplies and so on. But, but that's not what concerns, concerns me the most as I read the, the story about God's abundance. It's what are we, the people of God, the sommeliers, the experts doing to share in that abundance? How are we the go-between between what the word of God says and what the world says that, that practices scarcity and withholds and doesn't distribute as it should and a God who says, look at this table I've prepared. I'm willing not only to transform water into wine, I'm willing to give you the good stuff. And this is our message to share It's not up to the school system to shout it from the rooftops, although I'm glad they do. It's up to us. If we truly believe that ours is a God of abundance and transformation and generosity, it's up to us to be part of it in some way, shape, or form, whether in delivery or in supply or in in speaking out against a system that would hold or, or deny others just the basics. We are a people of abundance, and so it is our call to to share that message and to be a part of changing the narrative. God didn't send us into this world to stay around our table, thank you very much, to enjoy the fruits of, of all of ourselves. Not at all. God provides, God transforms, God equips and empowers and sends us sommeliers out away from the table to share with others, to act and proclaim on behalf of those who are still hungry. That is who we are. That is the message I think that just kept speaking to my soul this week as as I consider the hungry children in our community and what it is we as God's children, the experts, the faithful are called to do. To a world that preaches scarcity, we say, no way, we'll share. To a world that says, don't give an inch, they'll take a mile, we'll say, so what? You know, if you're not being taken advantage of, you're not living the gospel. To a world that says, me, myself, and I, we say, we are believers. And Christ has given all for us. And we are called to act in the image of Christ. So what else are we going to do but to sacrifice of ourselves? Offer our water for God to turn into wine. Offer our table for God to provide abundance upon not only here, but everywhere we go. We are those who proclaim the name Christian. We take on Jesus' name. Are we not going to behave like it? Are we not going to act like it? You know, we gather around this table in just a few minutes and we will be proclaiming and enacting the heart of our theology. The communion table is not just a simple ritual. It is one of those gatherings of believers in which we proclaim what God has done. God has invited all to the table. And God has provided all that we need. May we please, dear Lord, be willing to share it. It's not just something that that we go through as a matter or a ritual once a month. It's something that we learn from and by the power of the Holy Spirit can indeed be transformed by. That's the hope. 
this message yet again that we hear in so many different ways from Scripture, from sacrament, however it is we receive it, the Spirit gets involved and begins to work on us. Jesus, this is Jesus worked on that water, changing us into the sommeliers, the experts, the believers, the enactors of gospel, the sacrificial givers, those who will not rest until all are fed and all are welcomed. And so we move in and out of these worlds, the the sacred and the secular with this message of provision and we share it here. Receive it so that we may give it. Understand as limited as we are that just an ounce of God's grace, if it be good enough for us, it's good enough for others. And we go from this table of plenty to a world that is in such desperate need, not just physically, but spiritually as well. We see the connection between the two. Now, I love how this text ends. Jesus has called his disciples and they have responded, great. Absolutely, we are excited to be involved. We've heard the call, but here it is. Once the disciples have been at this banquet table with Jesus, with Mary, with, with the servants, the sommelier and the host, once the disciples have been there as well, here's what we're told, once they have received and seen God's glory, God's glory d- demonstrated in provision and abundance and transformation, Jesus did these signs, this miracle at the Cana of Galilee, at the wedding there, to reveal his glory, and the disciples then believed in him. The call comes, we've heard, we've shown up. Do we believe? Do we believe that this message of transformation is about more than water going into wine? Do we believe that this message of transformation is this message of how the Holy Spirit changes even the likes of us once we've seen the glory of God revealed, come to the table with his son, receive this message that we too get to be part of what God wants to do in this world? How is it that we respond? We believe. And then we leave the room. And then we go out from where we are. This tells us they went to Capernaum. And the next town and the town after that and the Holy Spirit just kept it going right up until this table of our day. People of God, we have received this message. We have been transformed by the Holy Spirit. We're being transformed even this day. Let us believe so that we may act as God's transforming agent in the world around us. Nothing more, nothing less. Amen. Gracious God, we do give you thanks for your message of transformation and abundance and provision. We give you thanks, O Lord, that you see enough in us that you would call us to be a part of what you want to do in this world. God, we pray for your spirit to send again and again and cause us to leave this table so that other tables may be filled with abundance as well. Let us not proclaim the gospel and forget to live it. It's in the name of Christ we pray, amen. We who have been abundantly blessed are transformed by God's generosity. Let us go forth to be part of what God wants to do in blessing and transforming this world. Go in peace and go in power, amen.